Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. From the corner, Barry. Rick Barry has not missed a free throw against Washington. Now it is Barry. Back to Clifford Ray. Goes to Rick Barry. Golden State getting that ball moving. Intended for Barry. Barry, look at that pass. Rick Barry, look at that shot, would you? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Barry wants to make a move. There's a Barry. He's got his shot. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rick Barry Show here on Mike Up. Uh, my co-host Brian, that's right, the surf man himself, Cyrus Satchis. We just got done doing uh, one of the shows that he does on a regular basis, uh, Lockdown Warriors. And uh, we're looking forward to talking a little bit on my show right now, certainly about this first playoff game of the Warriors, which are near and dear to my heart. And there's a lot of other stuff going on, obviously, in the NBA. These playoffs are going to be I think very interesting, uh, and especially some of the matchups that are out there. And I'm looking forward to seeing how they play out. Disappointed in the Warriors' loss tonight. Uh, although you got to give Sacramento credit, they they were playing at home. They played their brand of basketball. The Warriors' defense uh, wasn't able to stop them, especially in the second half. I mean, the first half they could have lived with for sure. You know, that would that would have been a 110 point game only for them if they played the same defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so we, and we talked a lot about this on the other show. But those of you who may have come over from Lockdown Warriors to, uh, you know, it's one of those things you're going to have to hear me say the same things a couple of different times because it is what it is. But yeah, uh, who cares? Who over, cares? overall, overall. The Warriors had a shot, okay? They had a shot. And please, I saw somebody sending notes on the other show saying, well, the Warriors will steal one. Hey, you don't steal anything, okay? When I hear a former player saying steal a game, I didn't steal a game in my life. I went out there and busted my ass trying to win, and we earned the freaking victory. <laughs> steal my ass, okay? Stop <laughs> saying that and stop saying running downhill, please. You're driving an old man nuts. I can't stand it. Who the hell came up with that downhill thing? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a good question. I have no idea. But, I hear they're, using it, but they're using it even in football. <laughs> yeah, I hear it in football a lot more. I, mean, what, yeah, I, don't, I don't know about you folks. Can somebody please tell me, did you ever play on a court that was downhill? No. I no, mean, I, 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 I tell you like, what, though. I did yeah. have a dream. I used to have a nightmare sometimes. I was playing the game. The best we were playing the game. And the freaking courts, the court was like so freaking long. I mean, it was like to get from one end to the other was like going on a freaking 100 yard sprint. I was, and it would drive me nuts, and I'd wake up like in a cold sweat, saying, "Oh my God, this is crazy." It might have had something to do because we practiced when I was with the Warriors in the in the Presidio at the Army base there, and they had a court that was really stupid long, and so yeah, so that's I've never seen a downhill one. So if somebody has, please tell me, send me a picture of it, and if you're playing on that court, you can talk about going downhill. Otherwise, I don't ever, I never remember going downhill. I mean, I I understand the metaphor. I mean, it basically means like someone just going hard in a straight direction no, but no if you're so my, most of the time if you see somebody really going hard downhill they're gonna fall and they're yeah. out of control <laughs> now so there are some you- players there are some players in the league jason pool has a ch- t- time he must be maybe he is going downhill and he's lost control same thing with tatum same thing with brown there's a whole bunch of guys the same thing with uh but westbrook these guys sometimes maybe they are on a court going downhill because they're out of control but it's a weird alley. It's a weird metaphor. I've never understood. So basically, when you hear a player going downhill, when you hear someone say "lockdown defender," well, don't get me started on that. <laughs> lockdown defender. Oh my God! I'm telling you, this is like, 
<laughs> no such thing. People are making things up. I tell you what, Gary Payton Jr., I mean, he's a nice defensive player, no question about it. But defense, defense doesn't win championships, but defense, you can't win without being a decent defensive team. Now, if the Kings could play the way they played in this game, the rest of the series and the rest of the playoffs, they can win the championships and be the first team that was one of the worst teams in the regular season defensively to win a championship. Nobody's looked it up, and I'm not doing it because I hate doing that stuff. Has an NBA team that won an NBA championship ever been out of the top 10 in defense? You know, oh, sure. you probably, you'd have to, in, in the old years and stuff, there probably, probably wasn't, but in the old years, you'd have to go ahead and say not in the top 10 because there weren't that many teams. So you'd have to lower it because there weren't that many teams playing professional basketball. But usually the, the, with the team that wins the championship is a good, you know, a good defensive team. Yeah, I'm trying to find it right now uh, to see if I can, uh, yeah, if I can find it out here. I found one website uh, called Pace and Space Hoops. Uh, that lists the worst defenses to uh, to win an NBA championship. Uh, okay, we're going to ignore the 1951 Rochester Royals. Uh, here's one team, the 1995 Houston Rockets, who I am hearing a lot of uh, uh, comparisons to this current Warriors team. Both teams finished as a sixth seed in the Western Conference. Uh, that team repeated as world champions. They were 12th uh, on defense. Okay, well, so there we go. So there, there is a team that was outside of the top ten. Oh, I found. Oh no, no, I found a worse, much worse one. The two thousand one Los Angeles Lakers. That was the second of the of the three championship teams. They were twenty first. Really? Oh, so there we go. Yeah. Wow. Okay. See, okay. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't know all those things, and I'm, we've never been into those statistical things. So there. But all of the years that they played, you're talking about two. Yes, correct. Two teams out of the top ten. And of course, the Rockets and Royals. But but. And the Royals, yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's so. Hard. I don't get it. Yeah, but so they didn't hardly anybody didn't even hardly score points back in those days. Uh, so, okay, so that's interesting. Twenty something for the Lakers, but why? Because they were just incredible offensively that year. Yes. What were they? What were they offensively? Probably second. Never... They were second. Uh, second. This was at the at the peak of the Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal era. Um, but they did not play defense that year. Yeah, yeah well, they, but that's what I'm, I'm saying. Not that it can't be done. But it rarely happens. So now yeah. I'll be able – this is good because I'll be able to be more specific about it. There has been two teams that have won, the Rockets at 12, the Lakers at 23, which means there's hope for the Sacramento Kings then that they might be able to pull it off again. But the odds are not in their favor to do it because, again, it's a rarity in professional basketball for that. I, found, I found three more that finished 10th or worse. Interestingly enough – the 2018 Warriors, that was the second year of the Kevin Durant era, uh, they were 11th. And then the 2016 okay. Cavaliers, who uh, disappointingly beat the Warriors in seven, and then the Milwaukee Bucks championship team uh, just uh, a couple years ago, they both were 10th. And that's about okay, it. Yeah. So I said 10. I was just throwing out a number doing yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. Early. So it's rare that a team... It's not one of the better, you know, a good, def a good defensive team is somewhere anyway from if they got, you know, if you, if you say 30 teams to do it, it'd be anywhere from probably 10, well, I would say 10 to 15, you're good because as long as you're not worse than 15. So only one team was not a good defensive team that won an NBA championship. That's that Laker team. Correct. All the other awesome. ones fall within the parameter of being at least in the top 15, which is, you know, in the 50 percentile. So they're, yeah, so they're, they were a good defensive team. Not Rick, great. Rick, I think some, I think people would love to hear this answer from you. Uh, do you think this Warriors team can, can repeat? I know it's only one game, 
but we've seen a lot in the in the regular season. You know, this was not a great regular season team. And like you saw them tonight again. That, it's only one game, but can you see a championship? Can this team, in your opinion, uh, with your eyes, what you've seen so far, can they repeat as world champions? What are your thoughts on that? Off of one game, it'd be crazy for me to make a comment, you know, to make a, a definitive statement of that. No, it's the same thing I said before. If they're going to win, right, they're going to have to be better playing defense on the road because they have to win at least one game on the road in every one of the series. Now, correct, you want to be the eternal optimist again, say, well, they have to play four times, so one game, they only have to be 25%, right? Correct, yeah. You 25% of your game on the road in the series, and you can be the champion, but there's a big but. You got to be perfect at home. <laughs> I uh, I actually found. Let me ask Rick. Are you familiar? So obviously, people love analytics. They love data, and uh, they love to rely on statistics, maybe more so than they should. But uh, what are your, do you? Are you familiar with the a net rating stats? What that means is it's statistics pertaining to one hundred possessions. Um, yeah, like, like some of the 100 possession things that gives you an indication of how a team is performing and stuff. But I don't think, you know, you're going to bet the house on stuff like that. It's just interesting stuff. A lot of the stuff is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, but you know, a lot of it is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, I was, cause I, cause I found this, uh, some stats for, uh, the worst defensive rating by a team who's made the NBA finals and, uh, so the Orlando Magic were the worst team, I guess. They had a 113.7, meaning they gave up 113.7 points for 100 possessions. But I was just curious what your thoughts okay, were. Okay, hold on. Hold, let me ask you. How many points were they scoring? Oh, um, <laughs> not, <laughs> according to this, 98.2. They so, were only 98 and giving up 113 and made it to the finals? Wait, I don't. Uh, no, that just, can't yeah, be right. Don't that. I don't okay. have the offensive rating. That's why. Yeah, I okay. So the, what I'm saying is, is that a lot of times the basic, the bottom line is, is what? The W is the most important thing. Absolutely. Okay? So Absolutely. if you're giving up 113 a game, but you're averaging like the Kings 120, I can live with that. But do the Warriors look like a championship team to you? Well, I thought they I thought they played against the best offensive team in the league doing stuff. I mean, they played one good half, but one good right. half isn't enough. Right. Okay. One good half. If they had played the second half like they played the first half, I said, that's very encouraging, man. That's a good sign. They got an opportunity maybe to do something special. But, you know, they gave up 60-something points in the second half. I mean, the other team, they were hot, playing well. And the Warriors didn't play as well as they needed to play in the second half. They got outplayed again on the road, giving up a significant number of points, which is exactly what the problem has been for them all season long yeah okay and so that's yeah. what i'm saying so they have to be able to at least one time in four games not let that happen so is it, is it possible of course it's possible and again the big but there's always the but that means they have to be perfect at home so the way that they play defense they haven't shown that they're capable of doing that on a consistent basis and should they lose a game at home, it means they got to find a way to do it twice on the road. So that makes it even less of a likelihood that they would be able to repeat as champions based on that just from a statistical standpoint. You know, Rick, But uh, by the way, we, you and I are both relying on the official uh, NBA box score for our analysis tonight, the official scores report that the National Basketball Association uh, publishes for media. Um, and I, I just noticed this right now. They actually included a memo at the bottom of the box score. You can see this as well. 
that says light the beam. This is on an official NBA box what score. Say? It says light the beam. <laughs> light the beam? Yeah, do you see that? Because that's Sacramento's uh, slogan this year. Um, oh. Every time they win a game, they have this, they, they, they shoot this, this light into the sky and they call it the beam. I got you. I got you. And, light the uh, so their scorer uh, added light the beam on an official uh, a score, <laughs> a <box> score. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. Well, they did they, the beam, the beam was shining bright in the second half. I can tell yeah. you that. The beam, yeah, the beam was definitely shining. I just, I just really hope. Here's one thing, Rick. Let me know what you think about this. To me, what one thing with the Warriors that is different this year versus uh, past years is their third quarter efficiency. This is a team like it, it's. It, I feel like it's been part of their identity where uh, they come out after halftime and they usually blow teams out of the water. Um, all four championship teams, they were number one in the NBA in terms of third quarter differential, uh, meaning they outscored. Uh, opponents in the third quarter at a, at a larger uh, difference than anyone else. And they, and they did this every championship year and every year of the Kerr era, with the exception of 2020, they've been, they excelled at it. Even 2021, a year where they lost in the playing tournament, they still were fourth in the NBA in third quarter differential this year. Uh, they were, they were uh, 20th. And tonight, once again, they got outscored in the third quarter, 36, 29. This has been a pattern that's happened a lot. I asked my friend Larry Kruger, he interviewed Steve Kerr a month or so ago, our friend. Yeah, you work with him as well at KNBR. Um, and he'd love to have you on his show, by the way. Anytime you want to go on there, just let me know. And uh, uh, But uh, I, what, does that mean anything to you? Like, like Because it, it, that means something to me. Because I've noticed a correlation where nearly every successful team dominates third quarters. The why of that, you can answer better than me. But they're not doing it well this year in third quarters. Is there anything that you read into that yourself? Well, I, I mean, obviously, they don't have the same kind of focus that they have to do it and understand right. how important the third quarter is. I mean, it's always important, especially the first five minutes. You just hear that from every coach you ever played with, and it really is true. How do you come out and play in that first five minutes of that third quarter? It's, it's right. incredible because you're basically playing two games. You're playing the, the first half of a game and the second, you know, and the, and the second half takes place then. So you have a full game there. Then you have a game here. So the one that wins their game, that, that game, that half by the post points, if you know, they're going to be able to win. That's what the, that's what the Kings did, you know, but they outplayed them. I mean, they really did. I think they did. They outplayed them uh, when they needed to in that fourth yeah. quarter. But Indeed. also the Warriors also had that lead. And we got back to what we talked about when we were doing your other show, um, you know, Steph is going hot and doing stuff and took him out and it might've killed a little bit of the momentum that they have, especially on the road. If you're going good, why are you going to stop what you're doing when you're on the road? Shit, try and get as many points and as many baskets as you can from a guy that's going good and try to put as much space between you and the opposition as you possibly can. I, I don't, all I know is again, you know, he knows the team. He's, you know, he's had great success there and all. God forbid, you know, who am I to say not? But I'm just saying, if I were coaching at that stage, I would not have taken Steph out of the game. I, that, that's This has been a critique of Kerr, not just tonight. He's done this quite a few times this year, where Kerr will be, where uh, Steph and Kerr will be on a hot streak. Uh, you know, the Warriors have momentum behind, you know, his his efficiency. And then all of a sudden, Kerr will just pull him. And it's, it's not the first time that he's done this. Uh, and Rick, if anyone can question Kerr. And I'm not saying you are. I mean, we're doing this. This is what, what sports talk is, right? I mean, we're, you're, well, no, you're... Well, you, you, you question them and you ask me <laughs> what I would do. Okay? But you, 
But, but you have but I, and, I, and I answered and I answered honestly. If I were there at that time, I yeah. would not have taken him out. I mean, and I'm I'm entitled to that opinion. Okay. Uh, yes. And that's just what I would do when I the, the limited experience and stuff that I had coaching in the minor leagues. I would never take a player out who was going good. If anything, I'd get upset with my team if they didn't put the ball in his hands. I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. So I'm coaching my team in in, in the minor leagues this time. It was a new in. Uh, in, in the USBL and I'm playing and I've got Darren Hancock on my team, the great player and played at Kansas, right? Played for many years in the NBA. And, and he's going, I mean, he's going, he had like 26, I think at the half, right? So we go out and, you know, we're into the first few minutes, three, four minutes of the fourth of the third quarter. I called a 22nd timeout. I bring the guys over to the huddle. I said, Hey guys, come here. I said this. And I pointed, I said, this is Darren Hancock. He's your teammate. He had 26 points in the first half. Do you think you can pass in the ball a couple of times? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So do you want to get to some questions? There's a, yeah, there's yeah a lot for of sure. Let's do it. Um, so, the, so the first one is from, I think this is actually Bip Roberts. Uh, I don't know if you ever met him, former Major League Baseball player. I think he also has a show on the Mic'd Up app. Uh, here's what Bip has to say. Hey, Rick, the playoffs are tough. Tell me a little bit about that intensity that both teams feel when that ball gets tossed up. Mm. Mm. Uh, I, I don't, to me, I didn't think they were tough. I thought they were fun. I mean, I just really looked forward to it because the importance of the game was so much more paramount than any game you play during the regular season, unless you're playing the last game of the season to try to make the playoffs or get home court. Um, so, uh, you really look forward to it. I think all the players know that. I heard Draymond say something the other day, which showed you. He said, yeah, we know we got to fix them. Oh, we, we, it's a different mentality when you go into the playoffs. The focus is totally different. And I love the fact that he used the word focus because you've heard me use that so much yes. over the years, Cyrus, because, again, any coach can get someone to play hard. He can't get them to be focused because that's an individual thing that you have to figure out for yourself. What the hell does right. it take me to keep my head in the game? All right. And Draymond mentioned that. And I thought that was good. Although I would have disagreed with him that it's a different type, it's a different focus. Well, that's right. That's why I have a little bit of a problem. I don't think it should be a different focus because you should be that way. Every time you step on that damn court, regardless of what the situation is, it's just that the importance of the game is more paramount, but it shouldn't mean that you get what well, all of a sudden you're going to flip a switch. And now you got another focus level to go to in the playoffs. No, I don't well, know. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a situation that some players don't worry about it too much. And they think about it and they, and they force themselves to do it. And all I'm saying is if that's the case that it takes a playoff to do it, then shame on you. You should be able to do it every game that you play. Well, I've heard um, like Stephen Curry's uh, said this, Draymond said this, even when we uh, had Leandro Bar Barbosa on our show, uh, and I asked him about this as well, that they've all alluded to the fact that they they're, they don't have infinite supplies of energy. Like the, the reservoir uh, does exist. And so they, they so Stephen Curry's alluded to pacing himself, uh, depending on what month it is. Um, Draymond Green this year has alluded to the fact that he doesn't get out of bed if, if they're in March. Uh, and and, and Leandro Barbosa said as well that by pursuing that 73 wins, it, it potentially cost them because they felt a lack of energy in the NBA Finals that they think they could have had more so of if they didn't pursue that 73 wins. You're saying you never felt that, though, when you played, right? No, like you just I, had I, I think I'd say I never felt like that. Uh, I didn't. I never felt that I didn't have the energy. I mean, sure, sometimes when I was playing back in then when we did it, they have four games in five nights or something. You might be a little bit tired. Uh, but... No, especially when I was younger. My God, no. Um, 
I don't, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't necessarily buy into that. Um, I don't know why you should be tired. I mean, you should be ready to play at all times and you're getting paid now millions of dollars. I mean, you should want to have yourself in the greatest physical condition possible for, for no other reason for yourself so that you can go out and perform the best you possibly can perform. And then also for, you know, for your teammates and for your team and for the organization and for the fans. I mean, you owe, you, you first you owe it to yourself. Always, your best effort is always should always be owed to yourself, mm-hmm. and then all these other elements. Then it's because of your teammates, and it's because you know the team in general, and everybody involved in the organization, and then for your fans who have been loyal, especially the great fans that the Warriors have. So that should be something that should be preeminent. And I just I have a difficult time thinking that I was going to be more focused in the playoffs than I was in the regular season. I can tell you what the problem was that I learned when I finally got to the playoffs. I didn't get there the first year. Okay. So I got to the playoffs and the next year is the fact that and we got to the finals. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I got so wrapped up about the importance of it. And, you know, you know, I mean, it's just, it was enormous that I found that it sapped my, that's what sapped my energy. I'm telling you, you get so wrapped up emotionally in something and thinking about it, it saps your freaking physical energy too. And I found that I learned that the hard way. And, you know, when we got back to the finals again, doing it, I knew better than to get myself so psyched up that I'm going to sap my energy. Right. So you do have limited amounts of energy. You are not, you're yes, not. You definitely, you definitely have limited <laughs> amounts of energy. And it's amazing sometimes where, you know, you can get something else to come from. But you can sap your energy. I'm talking about me beginning so emotionally into it. It, it will sap your energy. Right. As far as, as far as worrying about the fact that, you know, I'm playing hard and doing another games, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and especially playoffs because you're never playing back-to-back games. Right. <laughs> um, you want to hear from EJ? Sure. Let's hear from whoever we got. Here we go. Here's uh, EJ. Hey, Rick. It's Eric Johnson. EJ, hey, what happened to the Warriors' defense tonight? I mean, it's been inconsistent all all year. I'm just wondering when are well, we going to start playing a little defense? It's playoff time. Okay. Thanks, Rick. All right. Okay, EJ. Yeah, that's good. And this was, that's like Ernie Johnson, who's great. I yeah, know. yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, anyway, what happened is basically like Groundhog Day. <laughs> we've seen it. We've seen it all season long. Yep. Yep. They go out. They'll play well, you know, in the first half. And then all of a sudden, the second half, that was the exact situation here, especially on the road. They're so inconsistent with their defense when they go out on the road. Um, again, I mean, you know, Draymond, we talked just now about, you know, focus. I mean, it, and sometimes you can't be focused. Sometimes the other team just gets going. And Sacramento got going. I mean, this is an incredibly explosive team. They have guys who create a problem because their speed is so fantastic. You know, especially Fox. I mean, this guy is like, you know, he's like a lightning bolt. Yeah. And good with the basketball and, and Monk and, and their aggressive attacking to the basket caused a lot of problems for the Warriors. And because of the fact that they're getting the penetration in Cyrus, that's one of the reasons that Sacramento was getting a bunch of offensive rebounds as well, because everybody's got to go and help and do stuff so you don't have your defensive responsibility to screen your guy off the boards. Right. Therefore, getting an opportunity to get in there. And, you know, one guy's switching off, then the guy he switches off, he's going, gets his hand on a ball. Next thing you know, they got an offensive rebound, you know, and especially a guy like Sabonis. So, and, and everybody's dropped. They dropped him because he was, especially he wasn't shooting the ball well tonight, but, you know, he's tough down low inside. 
Yeah. That, that's that's what kind of hurt him. And so the penetration of the guards, you know, Monk and Monk and, and, and they were they were crazy. Both both. They were absolutely, absolutely awesome. Fox and Monk were were nuts today. I mean, they were beautiful. And for the first playoff game, what a first playoff game, right? That that Fox incredible. had incredible. Yeah. And, and and Darren Fox was also like lighting it up from three tonight. He finished the game, uh, at least from beyond the arc. Four for eight. Uh, four, four for eight. eight. Yeah. He's four for eight, but on the season, he was a 32% three-point shooter. And so, he, yeah, props to De'Aaron Fox. He had a one hell of a game. Um, do you want to hear from uh, – let, let's hear from Leanne. Hey, Cy, why don't you think they let Kaminga attack the basket? Well, Brick's here also. Sorry, Brick. I don't know. Uh, no, no, uh, no. That's because she, she probably has a crush on you. I don't know. I hope so. I'm single right now. Um. Well, I, 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 Rick, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I've been asking this question all year about Kaminga and even Moses Moody, who got a DNC. Okay, okay, well, let me, let me, let me jump in quickly. First of all, Please. for her question, they let him tack the basket. They just don't play him a lot and try to do a lot of things for him. He doesn't, let's just say this, he doesn't have the freedom of Fox or Monk. Okay, no. he has the athleticism, but he doesn't have the green light. No, he does not. And, and I think plays, that's important. He plays well within the system, and he'll get more aggressive. Jordan Poole was one that has the aggressiveness to do it. He had to earn his way, but he relentlessly did it. You know, yeah. and you can see a bit of hesitation in in in, in Kaminga at times. You know, he gets the ball caught. He's wide open. I mean, that ball is Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Poole. That ball is shot. There's many times he's caught the ball where there was a shot there. And he is reluctant to maybe just, you know, fire it up there whenever he gets that opportunity. Jordan Poole wasn't shy about doing that. No, okay? no, he's never been. Steph has yeah. never been shy about it. In fact, some of the shots that Steph hit tonight were just – folks, man, this let me tell you something. I marvel at Steph Curry at some of the shots that he makes. You don't even have – they were such difficult shots. And he runs and gets open and he has – just, I mean, a half a second. I mean, a split. It's unbelievable that this guy could be as accurate as he is from that distance. Now, occasionally he doesn't get his feet set. You saw a couple of shots and had no chance whatsoever going in. I think his shot clock was running out on a few of them, unfortunately. Uh, you know, and that's why, like, even the last shot he took in the game. I mean, I mean that that could just as easily have gone in, and that's the kind of stuff that he's capable of doing. But not, not he never got set. He was drifting to his left as well. Yeah. So yeah. it was a very difficult shot. But when Steph takes a shot, you know anything can happen. So yeah, he's a remarkable, remarkable player. But overall, the fact that they had such a bad second half defensively, and that to credits for Kings the great second half that they had. The Warriors were still in this game. Yeah, to the very with end. Wiggins, who who showed well but shot terribly from three point range, had a lot of good wide open looks. When he made his first one, I said, "Wow, this is going to be unbelievable. This is <laughs> so good. I'm so excited about this." But you know, that was not not to be. I think he was actually yeah one for eight from three points. I mean, that's just not going to get it done. Yeah. Two for four from the free throws. But he looked good. He did a lot of good defensive things, and he was there to help out. But the three point shot was the one that could use them more. I mean, let's face it. All he, all he had to do in this game, right, is if he made two more, you know, three for eight. You know, if he makes three for eight, the Warriors win the game. They win, yeah. And and, and I'm pleading to, if anyone can, can relay this message to Steve Kerr, please just have a little more faith in your youngsters. 
Kaminga played nine minutes, 45 seconds tonight. Still was three for four from the field, if you don't count his two three-point attempts, where he was 0 for 2. But he was also a 37% three-point shooter on the year. And Moses Moody is another player. He played the last three games of the season, uh, got an extended run. He led the team in scoring, I believe, the last game with 25 points in a must-win game. At least they treated it like that. And we saw him get DNP. Moses Moody at 6'5 is a 7-1 wingspan. And when you're playing a team like Sacramento, who's athletic, who's high energy, who has that, that pace uh, uh, that they bring to a game, you need to match that somehow. And Moses Moody is also 20 years old. Throw that young kid out there. He's shown maturity. He's a solid shooter, solid player. I, I wish Kerr had more faith in his youngsters. He, do, he doesn't, though. Clearly, he doesn't trust them. And um, unfortunately, though, that, you know, tonight it might have cost them. Yeah. Do you want to hear yeah, another one? Might, or what do you think? It might have. It, it might have. I mean, I just, you know, the thing is, is most coaches, when they do things, they, they really shorten their roster come playoff time. And yeah. they're going to, you know, some of them go seven, you know, so, but eight and nine is usually where they're going. That's what they did here. Yeah. But it was it was eight. And then Kaminga was nine and didn't Correct. even get to 10 minutes. The other guys at least got 20 minutes in the game, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's not easy, you know, coaching, especially when you have a bunch of talent to do it. It's just a matter of trying to put the right guys in at the right time yeah. and sometimes not take certain guys out at certain times. I mean, I'm seriously, I just I've always been a big believer in that. That's why I said it. I think a lot of coaches would agree with me. A lot of ones would say, hey, I got to go with what I feel. And that's their prerogative. But to me, I never would take a guy hot going out of the game. If nothing else, I always live by the old cliche, you know, you know, feed the guy that's hot and, you know, milk the hot hand, whatever you want to say. Right. Uh, and I, I, I definitely am a big believer in that. And, and I think it happened twice in the game today that guys that had just made some shots and stuff came out of the game. And I, 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 I don't understand that. But, you know, that's just me. No, well, no, no, you're, it's not just you. I think I think a lot of people totally understand what you're saying, Rick. And, and just to add to that, by the way, that on the flip side of that same coin is a player like Clay Thompson, uh, who has 100% Kerr's trust. He played 37 minutes tonight, and he didn't shoot the ball well, not only from deep. He was 5 from 14. Uh, you saw that one play where uh, I think DiVincenzo passed him the ball, and he wasn't even paying attention. Did you see that, where he hit, like, the back of his head? And it's just, it's just for some reason I, I noticed a lack of focus. Uh, from Clay Thompson a lot, and he absolutely struggled uh, in terms of plus-minus. He was a minus 14. No one else on the team came even close to that. Uh, yeah, so so maybe just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, you yeah. could always sit around and second-guess. I, I actually, <laughs> honest with you, early in the first half of the game, I was impressed with Clay's aggressiveness, you know, taking the ball hard to the basket and doing stuff. I thought he played exceptionally well in the first half. True. Didn't play as well, you know, in the second half. Those guys were also doing a good job because Mike Brown's defensive guy. They did a lot of jumping on, on on screens and stuff to not let a guy go behind and get that little extra look, especially with you know guys like Steph and Clay. I thought overall they did a really good job. The Warriors made a lot of very difficult three point shots. Yes, they did. Whereas whereas <laughs> the Kings the Kings got a lot of good wide open looks at three point shots, and that's the big difference is to have a situation where. You can catch it, have time to do it, as opposed to having to get it off quickly. Yep. And they forced the Warriors to have to take a lot of those shots in this basketball game. So credit to credit to Sacramento, you know, for doing that. Even though they gave up 123 points, uh, you know, this was a good old fashioned shootout at the OK Corral. And <laughs> the fact that the Warriors, despite a horrible second half defensively, were still in the game. Yeah, 71 points they gave up in the second half. Okay. That's 61, so I'm saying it was 71 points. Yeah, because yeah, they were 45, 55 in the first half. 
and 71 in the second half. I was, yes, that's terrible. That that's is, that's terrible. absolutely garbage. That is just horrible. Uh, <laughs> there's no positive spin on that. Uh, let's hear from Jim Darby. Rick, my name is Jim Darby. I have a question regarding the game tonight. It sure looked to me like Steph Curry had a chance to set up on that three uh, at the end of the game. Instead, he did a running three. Mm. Um, your thoughts on that? Thanks, uh, buddy. No, they were, See you. They were, that, last shot, that last shot of the game was miraculous. They was able to even get a chance to get a look. They only had two points up in second, so you got to just catch and turn. I mean, then that's what he does so incredibly well. That's why I said for him to even get that off, but he had to get away from a defender yeah. to, to get a little bit of space to do it. And that's why, if you saw, he was going to his left because he was trying to get away from the defense. And that's even crazier. I I don't know why if they were going to run something. Why would you not have run something and let him go to his right? Here's why. They had him going to catch the ball and had to go to his left. Well, when you go to your left, your right arm, your right hand shooting, your right hand and arm, and the ball is still close to the defender. If he was going to his right, it's much more difficult and it's a much easier look to go and go to your right and shoot a shot than it is going to your left. Yeah. So it was a much more difficult shot. And so, I, 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 you know, and the hell with Steph, you never know if he had a chance to do it, but he oh. wasn't set and doing it. It would have been just a, a crazy shot to be able to make it because of having to drift and going to his left. But if they're going to set a play up to get the ball to something, I would think he would want to do it. But what I would do is I'd ask the player, which way do you feel better going to your left or your right? He, I feel like Steph, Steph is good. Steph is good coming around, going to his left as well. Exactly. How about the shot he hit from the freaking corner when he ran from the top of the key? On the oh, left side? God, that was a set play and that out of bounds play. And I mean, and it was a great pass. And he had no time whatsoever Forget coming it. around to his left, and he did it. Now the thing is, there he was able to stop his momentum and go up and shoot it. Whereas in this last second shot, he still was moving, and he still almost made it too. By the way, I know. The, 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 I, I know. Yeah. The degree of difficulty is absolutely insane. And, and uh, anyways, Jim Cleveland, uh, let's see what we hear what Jim has said. Hi, Rick. I wanted to get your opinion on Wiggins' play tonight. Um, I thought overall, decent game, but do you think he just ran out of steam as he missed some key shots down the stretch? Yeah, well, it's tough when you're taking three pointers. You got to have your legs. And uh, he played, I thought, I thought he looked way better than I thought he was going to look, but yeah. certainly not playing some, his, you know, the legs might not have been there for him because, you know, one for eight from three point range, you know, that's, that, that's not going to cut it. Um, that that's, that's a detriment to the team when you're one for eight from there. So he did a lot of good things, but his three point shooting was, was, uh, was not there. Yeah. You know, that's going to improve. At least, at least you can, you can, I think you can kind of expect that uh, an improvement from one for eight. So I think we have that to look forward to. Here's Taylor Dubicus. Hey, Rick. Bacchus. In game Bacchus. two, how do you think that the Warriors can do a better job at containing De'Aaron Fox? Oh, great question. Uh, it's hard because he can shoot the three. So usually if a guy can't shoot the three, you can back off on him and make him go left to right. But he can go left, he can go right, he can handle the ball. He's got incredible quickness. He's a tough guard, man. That's there's nobody going to be shutting this kid down ever. I'm telling you that right now. Uh, he's he's a, he's a special player. Uh, he I, hadn't is really, special. I hadn't really watched very closely, and but man, yeah, he can he can flat out play. Yeah, he played forty is, minutes. I mean, what you have to try to do is you got and again, I would say that just play him hard and tough, but try, you don't leave a, a, a three point shooter to come to help with him. Okay. And if he's going to score his points, 
let him score his points on two pointers, not three pointers. I mean, he, he had a, he had a great game. I mean, he unbelievable. Did. He was four for eight from threes. And so what I'm saying with him is, is that he's not normally that great a three point shooter. I would still back off of him. Okay. So you got to take the lesser of two evils. What's the weakest part of his offensive game? Three-point shooting. The three-point shooting, yeah. He shot 32%. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. So if, if yeah. I'm not playing, if, if Deron Fox is going to beat me, he's going to have to do it shooting three-point shots. I'm, I'm, I am going to back off of him some until he's showing me that he's knocking him down consistently, okay? You're there, but you're there in a position so he can't get by you to get into the gut of the defense so nobody has to come help and everybody can stay home on their people. What the problem was is they were letting him get by, and, and he was creating opportunities, you know, for his teammates. And where we're getting shots himself, going to the basket, getting to the free throw line. I mean, hell, between the two of them, what did they do? He shot. Darren Fox shot uh, twelve free throws, and Monk shot fourteen. Oh, I mean, between and, and, the two of them, they shot yeah, fourteen. You're correct. And twelve, yeah. twenty-six. They only had thirty-two free throws for the whole team. They yeah. had twenty-six of them. And if you want, and, and Rick, the other side of the coin for that, the Splash Brothers combined two free throw attempts. Right. So, they were out there trying to get open and take these really very difficult shots because of the way that Brown was doing switching on screens and stuff and had a lot of very, very difficult shots. A yeah. lot. And these other guys, they get to the free throw line. So, I mean, you, you live and die from the perimeter. And uh, that's what it is. Let me see what the final total was here for three-point shooting. Uh, three-point shooting. So that's 32% for the Warriors and 37% for Sacramento. So Which is there you go. That's well, the difference. That was the difference. That's basically you want to pick a difference in the game. You know, that, that that's right there. I mean, and Rick, they also got more free throws. They scored them, outscored them by five from free throws. Yes, they had five more okay. free throws free throw attempts but rick what's really crazy is the kings were struggling from three most of this game right and then and then in the fourth quarter there were five for six uh uh from three and for the second half eight for 16 for from three so so a horrible start to the game for them in terms of three-point shooting but did not end horribly they ended incredibly strong and yeah that's been just that's just really been the achilles heel for the warriors this year is just perimeter defense they've been awful at it like what, what would you think about the idea of Gary Payne the second basically matching uh De'Aaron Fox minute by minute? Like like just have Gary Payne the second, his entire one role, just guard De'Aaron Fox and and just don't be a negative on offense. Because he's actually I, a decent I, I, I would not have a problem with that because I think he's gonna, he's not gonna lock him down or something, but he's gonna sure as hell make him work a whole lot harder. Exactly. And more than likely, more than likely, if he follows what I said. Overplay him, or if he's bringing it up the floor, you still back off, stay back off, give him his three point shot. Yeah, I, I I don't care if he makes his first two. Keep giving him his three point shot. He's creating more problems for you, and he's probably based upon statistics is not going to shoot four for eight for fifty percent on a regular basis. And I would rather live with him beating me doing that than getting by and creating a problem and scoring all these points and getting to the free throw line twelve times. I agree. <laughs> Agree. Uh, we got two more here. Uh, Con so rad. I'm guessing their real name is Conrad. Uh, let's hear what. Hi, Rick. This is Conrad from Danville. I'm pumped that you're still so engaged with the Warriors. My question is, what is it going to take for Stephen Curry to get the same treatment as all the other superstars from the refs? We talked about this on Locked Let me know. Rick. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Uh, <laughs> 
I would agree Philadelphia. with you. In fact, I used to tell my wife, my wife was an All-American basketball player and ran USA Basketball for Women for many, many years in three different Olympics. Great player in herself, great offensive player. Still has records. Only woman to have her jersey retired, right? So Lynn's amazing, incredible. And she's watching the game. We're sitting watching. She, <laughs> they're talking about, uh, you know, about this. She says, "Oh my God, look what they're doing to Steph Curry." <laughs> I says, "How is that not a foul?" Yeah, and I agree one hundred percent. We've talked about this before. I, you know, I, I I remember bringing the conversation up. You know, if some of the things they're doing to Steph Curry, if they did it on the street, they'd get arrested. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, it's, and no, seriously. I mean, they beat him up, and even he looked one time. Remember that he made an incredible move to get in to score a basket, something, and gets hit and gets knocked down, and no foul, no call. Ball. I mean, he, he's he really, he really, they really, they let him beat the shit out of him off the ball, which is unfortunate. It really is. You know, Rick. Here's a, let me know if you agree or disagree. My one theory on the reason why Stephen Curry doesn't get the quote unquote prefer this the star treatment. Uh, from officials is you've said this many times that the Warriors routinely set a lot of potentially legal screens that allow Steph to get open. And you don't really see that whistle blown a lot. So do you think that's where the star treatment is coming from? And just people, at least the average uh, viewer is not noticing the fact that a lot of these screens might be illegal but the refs are laying off the whistle, and that's where the star treatment is, or or is that totally? No, no, they they lay off of anybody setting screens. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, come on, they even called one on Steph, for, and it was it was a good call. It was a block when he jumped out that one time. Uh, yes, yeah. in front of Derek Fox, right? Yeah, I think it was on. Yeah, and it was, and the and the shot clock was running down. It really was. Yeah. A, he, there's no reason for the have to be that aggressive coming out. He just had to be there. And the shot clock, and what would have happened is Fox would have had to take one of those really crazy shot clock yep. running. Dots, okay, and so that that hurt them, no question about big it. Big time, big time. Uh, you know, and those kind. It's also the, the, the fouls you take. It's also the fouls that you pick up. When do you pick them up, and under what circumstance do you pick them up? You know, okay? yeah, and you're right. No, you're absolutely right. And what what about Steph's five turnovers? By the way, he's been doing that a lot lately. Those turnovers. Yeah, have been- well, they start. They started the game with one of them. I mean, that's not a great way to do it. But they, no. they did do a better job of not making a lot of crazy fouls. But that, I do think some of the calls that they made. Uh, when that little stretch in that fourth quarter, when they just one foul, one foul, one foul, I say, oh my god, it went from hardly any fouls at all to both teams are in the penalty, and that, yeah, that, and I think that had a bit to do with <sighs> with a little bit of a momentum shift and helping Sacramento out being at home. Um, and there were some questionable calls, non calls that I think on some of the drives that went in, especially on Steph's part. But it's not that so much that because that's you could see all that, but even then. It was pretty obvious that there was contact, and then, and but the other thing is what they're doing to him off the ball. I mean, my God! I mean, they're not letting him even try to take a step, and the guy's jumping in front of him and giving him a freaking shiv like it's like giving a block at football at the line. You know, you know, it's just crazy. <laughs> I'm serious. Next game is that watch, folks. Oh, go back and watch a game and watch closely. And watch exactly what Cyrus is bringing up in our callers. That's exactly what the hell is going on. I mean, they're. They beat the hell out of him. And because that's old school. That's the way when I played, that's the stuff that happened all the time. We didn't get those calls. And normally in an NBA game, normally, you know, they call things pretty closely, but usually it's when they're on the ball, you know, with the ball. And Steph, again, Steph doesn't seem to get as many of those calls as some of these other guys. Yeah. I I don't, I wish I knew the why of that other than the league is in bed with Nike and LeBron James. Uh, we got one more here. Uh, Nick Cohn. What do you have to say? 
Hey, Rick, what two teams do you think are going to play in the NBA Finals? There we go. Well, I get asked that kind of stuff all the time, and I tell people if I knew that, I'd be making bets. I, mean, uh, I have no, I have no, no idea. Um, you know, a lot will depend upon her, who's going to be playing well, you know, like what Middleton's status is going to be with, with the Bucks. That's going to be a big factor. Uh, I guess something that's there happened, Brown, something happened with him or that he's got something that might be bothering him. I don't know what to deal with the Celtics. So, you know, who knows? Uh, pick a team if everybody's healthy and doing stuff. You know, it's pretty hard, I think, right now, the way that they're playing because they seem to get their stuff together. I think the team playing better, you know, really good at the end of the season. There was the Bucks, And uh, it's it would be pretty difficult against them. They've got a lot of experienced guys who have been there before. And that's another thing I'll bring up very quickly. Credit, hey, credit to the Sacramento Kings for the, some of these young guys never been in the playoffs or stuff to go out and put on a performance like that. That's That's special, very special. Now let's see what they do on the road. Exactly. Exactly. And I still think the Warriors will win a game too. I'm, I'm still very confident because because playoff series, a seven game series, Rick, as you know, as well, if not better than anyone, it's all about adjustments, right? They lost game one. They're going to look at the film. Uh, Draymond Green alluded to this in post game as well that they're going to sit down and, and and strategize in terms of De'Aaron Fox and so they can avoid another uh, outpouring of points like they saw. Sorry, I got a mosquito or something in here. Um, so I, you know, so it's hopefully we'll see adjustments, and I, I think the Warriors won game two. I, I'm feeling very confident about that. Well, hopefully Any they'll shoot the ball better. Two, well, they got they got outshot from three point range in this game, and so many of the NBA games are determined that way. And the Kings, you know, one of the best three point shooting teams in the league, and they throw up a lot of three point opportunities, and they stunk in the first half. I mean, but again, credit the fact that the Warriors looked like they were really hustling with defense. I don't think they got as many good open looks as they did in the second half. Uh, so. It's 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 interesting. I yeah. I think that they have a chance to do it, but there's no no film watching or anything else that's going to do anything other than better than going you know making your shots. If you got open shots, you got to make them. I mean that yeah. that has nothing to do with strategy or anything. That just does with a player performing at a high level, and they had two guys who performed at a really high level for them. I mean exceptionally high level. I mean to get you know sixty what seventy points between them. 70 points between them, and our two top people had 51. Oh, okay, Jesus. yeah, that's yeah, 51. You know, I mean, and then also the bench, I mean, 32 and 16, 48, 52, 55 points off the bench. Now, the Warriors did well too, they kind had 50. Of, yeah. Warriors had 50, but the thing is, is the two best players offensively for the Kings were superior to the two best players for the Warriors by a lot. Here's the yeah. difference, but, but the, the huge difference is. It's like you pointed out, okay, Steph, between Steph and Clay, uh, they shot, well, Clay didn't even take a free throw. Two free throws. Exactly, combined. Two free throws to 26 for the other two guys. There you go. That's, that's, uh, yeah, that's brutal. It's going to be tough for us to understand that the other two guys are young guys, young guys, incredibly athletic, who will go and attack the rim with a vengeance. Steph and, Clay, Steph and Clay are not those type of players. Exactly. That's why I I, I feel like the, we need to see more Kaminga. We need to see, even Moses Moody. I, Moses Moody is not a detriment. Like, like, I feel like Kerr looks at Moody and sees someone that could make things worse if he's out there. I've never once seen that. Moses Moody is not a detriment. Uh, he, he's a positive. Um, I, and, and played Gary Payne more. I think Gary Payne the second. They traded James Wiseman for this guy. You know, this is what they got him for, to play defense. And, 
Now's the time, man. Play more than 20 minutes, please. Please, Steve Kerr, please. Anyways, uh, how are your other ventures going? How's pickleball going? How's uh, medicinal? I'm getting season? ready. I'm getting ready to go down. Actually, heading down tomorrow to go to Naples to play in the U.S. Open Pickleball Championships all next week down in Naples, Florida. Wow. Look forward to play with my my uh, men's partner, Fred Shuey, and uh, the Diane Baumgartner in the women's division. So we play in the in the age division, and then we play in the age and skill division in both men's and women's. So men's, men's and mixed, I should say. So I'm very much looking forward to that because that's the kind of thing that keeps me going, Cyrus. I mean, the biggest thing when I stopped playing is that I, I needed a challenge. You know, I'd love to be challenged. I'd love to compete. And that's why I got into long driving and I did that really, you know, and was, was very successful doing that. But then they got rid of all the old guys, you know, like it's called the old farts division. So <laughs> they got us out of the picture. And I oh. and thank God I found pickleball. I mean, I've got a million things going on in the world of pickleball. I'm actually in discussions with some people with the possibility of hosting a, a pickleball show. Uh, oh, the only thing, the only thing that would be comparable to that is if I could get my fishing show going off and do my fly fishing show, then I'd have the best of both worlds. But yeah, I'm absolutely. blessed. You know, I'm blessed that, uh, that I had a nice birthday recently and hopefully I can find a way to get 21 more so that I can be a hundred years old, <laughs> go, fly, go fly fishing, go fly fishing and uh, probably fly fishing in Alaska and uh, be able to still play pickleball. I love it, sir. That, that is that is awesome. Well, tonight, despite the Warriors losing, was still fun. Thank you, as always. Um, anything else we should cover, or are we good? What do you think? Yeah, I think we're good. I don't know what yeah. to get to do another one because, you know, with my pickleball stuff going on, but I certainly, the nice thing is that the game's running at night, so I should still be able to go ahead and catch, uh, you know, catch the other games uh, yeah. after, after my day of playing pickleball and check and see how the Warriors do in the next game, as they say. Um, you know, they... They played against the, a, a really good team at home who had a great second half, and, and, crowd, and they were still right. And they were still right there with a number of things that they did that you know hurt themselves. But we'll see. But my big yeah. thing, back off of back off of Fox. I mean, that's the same way with plays like LeBron. Shit, you know, you, in his case, you overplay him so until he gets the ball, so he gets it far out. Then drop back off and say, hey, take as many threes as you want. If you can beat me doing that, I can live with that. But I'm not going to live with you going by me and dunking on me. In the case, <laughs> well, in the case of Fox, he can do that too. But, you know, yeah. the same thing. He's so quick and all. Hey, embarrass him. Make him shoot it. And then he's gonna, a lot of times he's going to take up the slack, especially if he takes a couple early and he doesn't make them. In this case, he made them, so he had confidence in it. But if he's missing a few doing that, he's going to then start to force things a little bit. And if you're back off him, he's never going to at least turn the corner on you, which really creates creates the breakdown defensively because somebody has to help. And then you do something in, in that situation, and you wind up leaving you know a player like Lyles wide open to have an opportunity to go four for six from three point range, okay, with his feet set. You can't let that happen, okay. Lyles in the game, you should never leave him. No, and for some reason, Lyle just eats the Warriors up. There are a few players the Kings have that just. Seem to enjoy a lot of success when they play the Warriors, and Lyle is is yeah, but, but Cyrus, Cyrus, if you if they're going to be left wide open with your feet set at three behind three point line, what the hell? You're supposed to make a good percentage. You're of absolutely shot. right. You're absolutely right. It, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So and, take, and, take that. Take that away. Yeah. Hey, even if Lyles, if you only gave him two three pointers that he made, and you took a couple of those shots away, that's the difference in the game. Four for six from beyond the arc. The Kings were just. Well, they're just saying if you if they hadn't left them a couple of times, right, and left them like that, that's two more. That's six more points that he would have never had a chance to get. And you know what's really dangerous is that two of the Kings' best three-point shooters uh, did not even make a three. 
uh, uh, Kevin Herter, who's a fantastic shooter, was 0 for 5. Uh, right. The rookie, the rookie Keegan Murray was 0 for 3. Uh, they're, that's not going to happen again. So the Warriors, I mean, they got they got to make some adjustments. Uh, I, I got to let people know before we go real quick. Uh, uh, Rick, you're available on social media on all platforms at Rick24Berry. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DogSurfRocho and all of uh, the content pertaining to your shows uh, at RickBerry's house. Follow those so you know when we're going to record next, uh, wh- where you can find links to the show to download the Mic'd Up app. We post all information about the show there. So uh, okay, that- I got to I got to get this. I got a couple just a couple of quick other things out. Please, first. it's just your show. Sir. I, I got to end with one another one. You'll love this one. I all right. So again, you can go to ghostsleeves.com rb24 now rb small letter rb24 is the code to put in for a discount so ghostsleeves.com just check it out it's the awesome product i never played pickleball without them there people are going crazy over these things so go check out ghost sleeves you know for knees and achilles and calves and elbows and then uh, rb24 and then medicileaf m-e-d-i-c-i-l-e-a-f medicileaf.com rb24 that's cannabinoid products no thc in it if you want to get high that's not the place to go <laughs> uh, so go there you get the discount unbelievable products they have there you can get that rb24 code for the discount as well i love their sab they have 5500 milligrams in one of these sabs that the platinum plus it's incredible stuff i use this stuff on a daily basis i use things and then you can also go to uh, you can go to aloe a l o e aloe md.com aloe md.com same code rb24 check the products out there the ultimate recovery x ultimate recovery x is the product they changed the, the brand on that one that's something that i've seen miraculous thing help the same thing rb code rb24 code check those out now it's one thing to do broadcasting it's another thing to be a, be almost like a freaking show. So I, I gotta, I have to bring this up. I just All right. I gotta do it. I, I'm, Please do. I'm do it. Okay. So here we go. I, I even made a note about it. So All right. in the, in the, uh, in the, in the game the other day, uh, it was, let me see, where are we? Okay. Yeah. And the, in the fourth quarter of the Lakers and the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? In the fourth quarter and overtime of the Lakers-Wolves games, the Lakers went 8 for 24 and the Wolves 5 for 23. In the last five minutes and 59 seconds of regulation, the Wolves did not have a field goal. And yet, and I have great respect for him. I, I like him. I love him as a person, and, and he's a hell of a basketball player. But Reggie, please, you can't be over there and be overly enthusiastic talking about how great this game was and the great play. And this is what we got to look forward to in the playoffs. That was horse shit basketball on the part of both of those teams during that stretch run with some terrible passes. And the Lakers had the game locked up and let it get away from them. I mean, seriously. So please, please just be honest about what's happening. Because if people know the game, you know, you're, I, like me, I'm questioning what game you were watching there to be talking so and so enthusiastically about the great play that everybody was getting a chance to see. So anyway, I, I'm going to I'm just going to throw that out there. I'm sure. So, wait, 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 hold on. so Rick, you're saying Reggie Miller was basically just uh, being overly positive about the play. Of the Lakers? Oh, yeah, no, overly enthusiastic about all oh, the NBA and the play and all this other stuff that's going on over there. No, it wasn't. That wasn't the case. Seriously, it was not the case. That was some lousy, lousy basketball with some terrible plays that were being made. Come on, Reggie. I mean, you're better than that. Call the game according to what the hell is happening. I mean, 
you know, they won't fire you like they did me because I would talk about it that way, the way I just said. You know, back in those days, if I did that, oh, God, I'm too negative. I mean, negative my butt. I was just being honest. Yeah. Like, Reggie, yeah. please, be honest. I mean, you know, come on, seriously, you know the game. That was terrible basketball that you were watching. Yeah, high intensity and whatever. And the reason it was exciting, why? Because the game was close to the game was on the line for so many plays. But over the quality of play was not very good. Uh, I was muted there, sir. I'm trying to find uh, another uh, infamous sound clip uh, because some people, Rick, they just can't handle the truth, right? I mean, that's just uh, kind of how it is. Well, yeah, no, that is the truth because we, we did that all the time on our shows and everything. That's the old Jack Nicholson you know, courtroom with uh, with. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. There you go. One more time. And, and that's true. The truth. You can't handle the truth. And most people have a difficult time with the truth. They really, truly do. Especially <laughs> they do, if they yes. Well, no, I get asked questions. I say it all the time. I get asked questions. I give an honest answer. They perfectly get mad at me. I mean, if you ask me a question, be prepared for anything. And I'm entitled to my opinion. You don't have to agree with me, but don't get mad at me. Right. I mean, what the heck? You know, I'm not mad at you for asking me sometimes what I think is a stupid question. <laughs> There's so much, uh, so much sensitivity in this world, Greg. You're right. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but. But anyway, hey, if you, it, the, you know, this game did not make me be overly concerned about the Warriors. Uh, you know, I still have the same concern. They got to play better defense more consistently. You can't play one half of a good basketball and good defense against a good team, on, especially on the road, and be able and get away with that. Yep. I really think had this game been played and the, and the game was going along as it was with the way the Warriors played in the first half there, I don't think the Kings could have won that game if it was back you know, at, at the arena. Uh, but they're on the road and this is the problem that they've had all season long. So that problem has not been rectified as yet, but they only have to do it once with the big butt, as I'll repeat myself once again, but they have to take care of business at home. And I'm looking forward to that Lakers and, uh, John Morant game to see how that's going to play out. Too. Yes. That should be fun as well. Yeah. So game two will be Monday between Warriors and Kings. Do you have a prediction for game two? Any? Do your instincts tell you anything, Rick, about no, game two? My instincts just tell me that if the Warriors shore up a few things and and don't allow Fox and Monk to run amok like they did in this game, which I'm sure they're going to come up with some things, at least I'm praying that they're going to come up with some things, they certainly have a chance to be able to get a victory, not steal a win, but to get it. The beauty of it is, is that again, even if they lose, what's happening is only what is supposed to happen. The home team wins their two games. Then we go to Golden State and then game three becomes such a, you know, the most critical game of the season. And if they find a way to win that one in the next one, then they still have two more chances to win a game in Sacramento. And, and, you know, anyway, that's just the way it works. So I don't know why people get so, oh, they lost the first two games. Yeah, well, you know, they were supposed to win the games. They're playing at home. Now we're supposed to win ours at home. But that hasn't happened. But they still have a chance to find a way to get a victory in the next game. And I'm, I'm hoping that they do. Yeah, Rick, it's all about, I think it's going to come down to making sure De'Aaron Fox does not play a downhill style of basketball again. GP3 you're not, not going to use that word again. So I have <laughs> to use that word. Wait, wait, and then Gary's going to say that you're going to talk about it. They had two guys uh, going downhill in this game. They can't let Monk Gary... do the same. Hey, they can't let Monk do the same thing. What's Monk's shooting percentage for the season from threes? 
Wait, and then I was going to add, Gary Payne II needs to be the lockdown defender that he is. He's not a lockdown defender. Give me, he's a good defender. He's a really great defender. Give me the, uh, you're trying to just get my goat by using all I, of these freaking terms. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm hey, listen, if I had the thing there, I guess, you know, it drives me crazy. Uh, so, no, seriously, what you, you, you looked this stuff up so quickly. So yes. what, what is, what is, you know, what is Monk's three-point shooting for the season? Oh, for the well, I, I'm, I'm going to find that out right now. But undoubtedly efficient. He's always been a good shooter uh, on the year. I have it right here. Uh, Malik Monk uh, is a, a three point, a thirty five point nine percent. Okay, see again, I can live with that. It's just, I would play him the same way that I just talked about with Fox. But Rick, thirty five percent shooting for three point range is not going to kill you. Okay. And he may have an off game doing that. But if he's going to get to the basket like he did and score inside, he get to the free throw line 14 times, and he's obviously a very good free throw shooter. He made all of his 14 free throws, God bless him. You you don't want that happen. It just creates so many things. It opened up the opportunity when they did miss driving and penetration because of the help having to come to allow Sacramento to kill them on the offensive glass and get other opportunities. So the damage being done by the penetration and the attacking of the basket is far greater in the long run than what would happen with the three-point range. Yeah, I'm saying make those guys because they're better going to the basket than they are shooting threes. Yeah, Monk is pretty lethal, though, because uh, this year, for example, he was actually 35.9%, so it's better, more yeah, no, that's very, No, that's outstanding three-point shooting. It is. It so is it's yeah. Yeah. But it's not 40%. It's not 45%. But, but Rick, last year, last year he was 40, though. And, okay. and, well, but that's fine. The thing about it is I still rather lose with him shooting those three-point shots because what he did created more problems right. for the Warriors. 14 the only problem throws. he's going to have there is he's getting three points. The other problem is he's drawing fouls against yep. people. He's getting to the free throw line where it's like a cinch points for him. He's creating opportunities for possibly teammates and stuff because they're getting wide open looks and people have to come and help defensively. It breaks down the interior defense of a team. Yep. Those things are far worse than Malik Monk making a bunch of three-point shots. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's... And if they had played that kind of defense and not allowed him to get, you know, doing that, they just don't go help. Because yep. they didn't go and help and they stay home, you know, on Lyles and stuff. Lyles doesn't go four for six. Yes. We'll see. Should be should be interesting. So where are you going to be uh, watching oh, no, game I'm two? I'm sorry. Right? He went, yeah, yeah, he went four for six, right? Yeah. Where okay. are you going to be watching game two? Uh, Naples, Florida. So, right, okay, so, so the tournament will have started. And you're going to be at a hotel somewhere, probably. Like, uh, I'll be at I'll be at a friend's house down there. Right, there you go. Um, in fact, Billy Melchioni, my old teammate, I usually stay with him, but he's got his family and visiting, so <laughs> I'm staying with a, a friend, Ron and Maria Narcissian, who are friends of mine from Colorado, who actually now have a place in in, in California. They're big Warriors fans in California, oh. and uh, and a place down in Naples. So fortunately, I got a place to stay, which is great. But I'll be watching it there, and uh, they have a beautiful home, and they have a nice big screen TV, and so I'll be there probably maybe having some popcorn and uh, caffeine-free Diet Pepsi. <laughs> I love it. I love it, Rick. This is always a pleasure for me. You know that. Thank you, Rick. Uh, good luck in your tournament, and follow us on social media. We'll let you know when we do our next show. Thank you, Rick. Take care, everybody. God bless. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.